Welcome back to Here's the Deal. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we are talking to Candy Valentino. Candy is a 20-year veteran in business, a nonprofit expert, and a no BS speaker. And you are going to get some of that no BS today. So she has a very interesting upbringing, which she will share with us. She started her first business at the age of 19 without a college degree, without any money, and without any experience. So she has learned things the hard way, her own way, and she is sharing with us the science of success. And it is not a secret. It's a science. And I love how she drives home that message. In today's podcast, she is going to talk about not only how to succeed, but how to deal with the naysayers, even when those naysayers might be the people who are closest to you. She's going to talk about how our environment is so important to us. You guys hear me talk about that a lot when it comes to nutrition and health, but she's going to talk to us about it in terms of business as well. And then this concept of delayed gratification. She's an expert in investing, but this concept of delayed gratification will help you in the ultimate investment, which is yourself. Finally, she's going to talk about how this little device that we hold in our hands could be the very thing that is holding us back. And at the end, I ask Candy how she takes care of herself, how she maintains her high levels of energy so that she can inspire us. What I enjoyed most about Candy is her practical hands-on tools that she shares with us. I fell in love with her Instagram and her TikTok because it's not only inspirational, it's tactical. You walk away from her social media with things that you can apply today. You're going to get some of those things in today's podcast. Enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am very excited today, like more excited than normal, because we are talking to Candy Valentino, and she is the most amazing woman. I am so fired up today after like taking a deep dive into all the information that she shares. She is a business builder and an entrepreneur, and she started building businesses when she was 19 years old. How on earth did you do this? Because it wasn't like a babysitting business. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Um, so yeah, at 19 years old, I just decided, you know, I had a very unique experience growing up Two teenage parents, super poor, really small town. I grew up in a trailer, um, out the outskirts of town. So I always say it wasn't even part of the town. They kind of like hit it over to the side. And, um, my, you know, parents were 16 and 19 when they found out they were going to have me. And my dad was a mechanic self-taught. My mom cleaned houses and I just watched two people work really, really hard. The other unique thing about that was because of my dad having his own small shop, instead of like most kids get dropped off at the, you know, their home after school, I got dropped off at my dad's business. 
So from the time I was five until I could drive my own car, I got dropped off every single day after school. And what that does is rather than learning soccer or piano or dance, I was learning business. I was learning how to work in an office, how to answer the phones, how to talk to, to customers that were coming in. So it didn't seem all that scary as a transition to be 19, to decide to want to build a business. I actually had a, um, I don't think I've talked about this on a uh, podcast before, so this will be unique and exclusive. Um, I actually wanted to be a criminology major. I wanted to be in the FBI and I had a scholarship to my like dream school. But since I was the first person in my family to graduate high school, I college wasn't an important. So here I am getting the scholarship and doing all these things. And they were like, Oh, okay. You know, my parents, it wasn't like a big deal because it, they had no, you know, we only know what we know and they didn't have a reference point of it. So when I actually decided, well, I'm still going to do that, go to college. I really learned very, very quickly that that was not my thing. People wanted to party and drink and have a lot of fun. And I wanted to get out and make money so that I wasn't ever going to be poor again. And so it was a natural progression to just at 19, walk into an SBA office with my briefcase and a black suit and pitch them my business plan with the proof and my LLC and everything that I needed. And they gave me enough money to be about six weeks. So I had about a six week run rate and I just had to figure it out. But the one thing that's really interesting is when you, when you have enough leverage, when you want to accomplish whatever it is, business, wealth, be a great mom, get into the best shape of your life. If you have enough leverage and you put your back against the wall, I don't think most people understand what we are capable of accomplishing. 100%. I agree with you. Something interesting about the whole college thing is the other day, um, my cousin posted a letter that he found. It was my grandmother's and it was her she was awarded the Regent Scholarship to the University of Nebraska. And so this was in 19, you know, however long ago, but her father wouldn't let her go hmm. because it's just not something that girls did. And it's just, I think it's just interesting. It wasn't in his frame of reference yeah. while, I mean, yes, the scene wasn't yours, but also it just was like, not that big of a deal that you got into college. It's so funny, interesting how we've evolved as females and how much, oh. how far have we come? Oh my gosh. I mean, since 1999, I mean, I, so I was, so 1999 is when I started my first business mm -hmm. and it was a wellness spa before wellness spas were a thing. I mean, we're talking 24 years ago. And at that point, it was just even crazy for me to want to go to college, want to be in the FBI. Like that was unheard of. It was, I remember my mom saying you could be a nurse or a teacher. And I'm like, I don't want to do either of those things. Like I'm not really great with blood. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how hard teachers have to work. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was like, no, I, I want to build a business. And I remember being that young, all of my staff that I'd hired, I had seven employees right out of the gate. Um, you know, everybody walked in as a female and was like, oh, where's the owner? And I'm like, hi, it's me, <laughs> you know? And of course that, that was impossible. So it was any guy that I ever dated had to be the owner. My dad, you must have somebody. No, that's it. But we have evolved a lot as women. And to be completely honest, we have a lot to, a lot of ways to go. Mm -hmm. um, but we have really come far as far as like, it is more inclusive. And I think what happened is the barrier of entry because of online, remember we're talking 1999, like we maybe had some AOL chat rooms going on, but we didn't have like social media marketing and all of these things. So, you know, 1999, it, it was so tough. You had to do the loan. You had to build like brick and mortar. You had to build a building. You had to, you know, all of these things where now you can pop open your laptop and start a business. Like what the heck? So, you know, there's so much easier to get in, which anytime we can open the door for more people to have accessibility, obviously that industry is going to grow. So I believe that's why entrepreneurship has really evolved just as women in general. 
I agree. And that's something that I really resonated with you too. Growing up, I never wanted to be the teacher. I didn't want to be a nurse or a lawyer or anything. And I think that's one of the reasons I had to create my own business because I didn't want, I didn't want any of those regular jobs. So if anyone's listening, you're like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Make your own. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at like the industry I was in, like they didn't like the closest one was like an hour and a half from where I created the first location. And it's like, like everyone was like, this is never going to work. I, I cannot tell you how many times people said this is never going to work. And for anyone listening, if you ever hear that, mm-hmm. this is never going to work. You're never going to do that. What gives you the, the thought process that you could even accomplish that? If you as, a, you, as instead of using their doubts to give you doubt, use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to take those words and allow them to bounce off of you or to take them in or to just give you additional leverage. And I think that was the thing for me. I started to feel like, well, why not? Like other people have done this. I'm not like, I'm not Elon. I'm not trying to take people to Mars, but like, I mean, anything aside from that, like you could pretty much people have done. So why not you? So whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life, if somebody else has done it, you can do it too. Like that's as simple as it is. Yes. That is actually what keeps me motivated. Like, well, if she did it, I can do it. I mean, you're amazing but there's nothing special about you, right? Nothing. I say that all the time. There is, there is nothing. I never did anything extraordinary. I just did ordinary things really well over time. And the really well part is just me showing up, not being embarrassed, doing the work, figuring it out and just drowning out all of the noise. I mean, growing up in a small town, anytime you stand out in any way, you know, you stick that head out, you better put a helmet on because you're going to get started whacking. Right. And so for me, I, for me, and this might be helpful for the listeners is if you're in that position. And, and I honestly believe that a lot of people think it's worse than it is. Right. It's like maybe 5% of people have a problem with you, but you think it's so much bigger. I always like to go back to the root of that, because I think if we understand the psychology behind what some, what is happening, it helps us understand it more. This is the way I operate in business too. So if someone is attacking you or you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I could do. Take a look back and say, you know what? The only reason someone would ever truly attack you, hate you, or not want you to succeed really just boils down to two things. One, they either have, you have something they want that they're not willing to go get. It's that simple. Or number two, there's something in you. It could be the way you look. It could be your success. It could be your family. It could be your kids. It could be anything, but there's something in you that is just triggering lack in them. And instead of them going and fixing whatever that thing is so that they can go have what you do too, they'd rather just hate on you because it's a hell of a lot easier. So I think when we understand the reason behind things, we, we can remove the emotional attachment from the feeling. Oh, I love that. And we're going to talk later about the parallels between like nutrition and health and taking care of yourself and up-leveling yourself. But that's a huge one because when people start taking care of themselves, people say, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you not having another drink? Why are you not? But it's all about that other person. But before we talk about that, we got to talk about environment. Uh, Speaking about like college, you knew you didn't want to be in like that typical college scene And I know you had bigger goals, but can you talk about the importance of our environment? Yeah. I mean, I I always say that, you know, one of the invisible forces that is holding you back that we can't see on a balance sheet, that we can't see in your financial statements, that we can't see in anything else is your environment. Mm 
It's because we can't measure it. It's not physical. We can't touch it. We can't grasp it, but it's such a real thing that if you are not around like-minded people, or at least people that are trying to stretch and grow and become a different version of themselves, it goes back to literally human beings in the like caveman times that we're just programmed to almost want to hold people back, even as a form of protection. Like there may be someone like my dad loves me to pieces, but he was always the one that was like, Oh no, you can't do that. Oh, what makes you think you can do that? Like, and I love him and he loves me. And I know that, but he was just trying to protect me. Like, I mean, I think I was, I mean, I've been flipping houses since I was 22. He was still doing it to me when I was like 35. And I'm like, dad, every single one of these houses have been profitable. I've made money. I've, you know, like, I'm like, what gives you the thought that I'm going to fail? And it wasn't until I, I shared that in that way that he realized that it just was, he was trying to protect me from failing. Right. So a lot of times the people in your life, cause they're trying to hold you back. They're not all evil. They're not all trying to do something. It's just that they may be trying to protect you or their frame of reference, what you're trying to do. They have no understanding of it. And so if they, if you can't understand it, it's like what I was just saying two seconds ago, right? If you can't understand it, you have this emotional attachment. And when you, when you care about people, it really goes against our own innate instincts to just be like, yes, soar, go, you know, strive, like do all of the things. It really takes a conscious effort. And when you're making that conscious effort, but you don't have other people doing it. You will start to want to people, please. You'll want to play small. You'll want to, I did it. I mean, it's people laugh when I say this, but I played small for a very long time, even though I've accomplished so much, like you don't want to be the person that everybody's attacking, no matter how thick the skin gets, you still want people to like you, you, you know, you, you care it's on some level, if you are a caring human being. And so there's so many times that I played small, I pretended to not know I'd walk into construction projects and people be like, you know, who, who is this? And I'm like, hi, you know, this is my house. I'm the designer. I'm the you know general contractor. I'm the GC. And they'd be like, oh, you know, and I would be like, so what do you think we should do with this? Meanwhile, in my head, I know exactly what we're going to do, but it's like a version of us playing small as females. And, and I think what, when I said earlier that we have a long ways to go, I think where that is, is for us to show up and take more space and to be unapologetic and to understand that you can be unapologetic in who you are. And that doesn't make you rude. It doesn't make you bossy. It doesn't make you, I don't know if we're allowed to swear. So I just pulled yeah, that you one back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make you any of those things, but what it does is it opens the door for other women to be like, Whoa, she did it. So can I, and it goes back to the fact of, I didn't do anything extraordinary. Everything I did was ordinary things. But if you do them over time, you too can open the door so that other people can see you as a frame of reference mm -hmm. and they have the ability and the strength to walk through. I don't like to make anything about me, but I want to share my experience as well. Um, I, I catch myself doing this um, as I've grown my business. And now I'm so fortunate to have an amazing team, but I can see myself being afraid to step into that leadership role because mm -hmm. I don't because I want to be liked, because I don't want anyone to think I'm bossing them around. You, you like these things that I'm in, in the background, I'm thinking, Kylie, you're doing that thing. You have to own this role. The struggle is real, but that's why I need women like you. Like when I watch your Instagram, I'm like, she is a powerful force that just owns who she is. So I just, I have to surround myself with women like you to remind me that I can do that too. Yeah. And I think it's so important for 
for us to remember that when you are in that leadership, I've hired hundreds of employees and believe me as a female, it's just the way that it is. It is getting better after 24 years of this, I can tell you it is better. But at one point, if you know, you're, you put a lot of uh, effort into the way you look, you're healthy, you work out, you, you know, have a certain level of success. Now you have leadership. You're on basically a little platform for everyone to just hate on you for any of their problems. And the second you can separate that, the second you can be like, you know what? I have compassion and empathy for that person because I truly understand when someone who doesn't know me just forms an opinion based off of whatever, my Instagram feed, and they don't actually know me, right? And if they're going to hate me, I actually have compassion for that person because I feel, my gosh, I would, I don't, I would never want to feel that I looked at somebody else that I didn't know and just judge them so harshly. Like what is going on in their internal world? What kind of pressures do they have going on? Like, what are they dealing with in their own environment? And when you can shift it, it's like a light switch. When you just go from that place of reaction and you start to think about intention and how you intentionally want to feel your entire perception just shifts. So I would just offer that too, that I think no matter, we're all human and it happens, but if someone triggers in you, any bit of jealousy or discontent, anything at all, look at them and see what exactly is it about them that's triggering that. And if you are self-aware and strong enough to admit it, you'll find the reason why. So true. Now you talk a lot about investing. That is not my strong suit. So I can't really talk about that. But (laughs) what I do know (laughs) is that investing boils down to a lot of delayed gratification. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And we talk a lot about delayed gratification um, with with what I do with my clients because we talk about how you can't diet all year. Sometimes you need to eat more and need to live in maintenance. You need to focus on building muscle, not losing fat. Yeah. And people keep chasing this skinny, if you will. And I'm sure people just keep chasing the bigger house, a fancier car. Mm-hmm. Talk about delayed gratification for us, whether it's investing in life, et cetera. The, the number, I don't, if you're building a business, if you're changing your body, if you want to create generational wealth, you have to play the long game. It's going to take longer than you think, but it's worth it. If you will, when I was 19, my friends were partying when I was 21, my friends were going out to bars. When I was 24, my friends were graduating college and getting their first jobs, getting married, going on all of the things, if I would not have delayed gratification and played the long game and decided at 19, I'm going to go all in for 20 years. And when I'm 39, before I turn 40, I'm selling it all and I'm done. And I did exactly that. I would not be where I am now. So if you can be disciplined enough to put your head down, to go all in. And in this world today, it is not, it's, it's so, it's way more difficult than it was in 1999 because why we have this little thing in our, all the time. Right. But we also have the control of it. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction, just like anything else. So if you want to judge people for any type of addiction they have, you better be judging yourself and looking back at you because the phone is the same thing. So what can you do? Put your phone on silent, put it on airplane mode. If you have kids, this is everyone's excuse. Oh, what if somebody could, okay, you can put a thing in your phone that the kid's school number or your kid's cell phone can call you. You put it upside down and you work in 50 minute blocks. This is science. Every time you are interrupted and you think that you're multitasking, you're not. All it's doing is disrupting your frame of focus. And it takes you 17 minutes from that interruption to fully focus on the next task. 
So every single time you look and you see a notification, you see whatever, your brain has to then come back to the other side and refocus on what you're doing. So a lot of the things that we think are holding us back are just choices. They're just choices, whether it's your, whether it's the food that you eat, how you work out. I know that you talk a lot about that or on my side, if it's building your business or creating generational wealth, success is a science in anything. Mm -hmm. It's a science. You can interview 25 people just like me. We're all going to say pretty much the same damn thing. So it's not that you need more information. It's that you need to apply the information that you already know. So true. There, there was a documentary that came out. I don't know when or where it was within the last year talking about how evil social media is and all this. And I walked away from that thinking, no, no one has that much power over me. Like I am in control over how much time I spend on Instagram. I may not utilize that time wisely, but it's not Instagram that is stealing my attention. It's me that's giving that away. I thought that documentary was very disempowering from that standpoint. It was like, don't give my power away. <laughs> right. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm the one messing up my life with this damn phone. <laughs> that's right. Make me accountable. Damn it. <laughs> Now, um, this is something that you, everything that you post on Instagram, you are not just inspirational, but you also offer tactical information that people can apply. I appreciate that so much. Like I walk away saying, okay, I need to make sure this person understands her role. I need to hire this type of person. One of the things that you were talking about is if you're not careful as you build your business, you're, you're building yourself a job. Yes. I've experienced that. Can you talk about that for other people who might find themselves in that situation? Of course. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, my little quote that seems to be shared a good bit is if you are not intentionally building yourself a business, you will accidentally build yourself a job. And the reason that is, is because a lot of times people don't go into business with intention. They just start a business and then they hire a person and then again, it's so fractioned and they're just bringing people in. Now there is an element of that, that you need to figure it out as you go. But at some point when you are growing enough and your job has to shift from actually creating the machine, like a business is not something that you just show up to every day. That is a job. If you want to actually build a business, you need to have scalable scalable pieces inside of your business that you can optimize and grow because a lot of times like so you know how many people do you think you have a decent amount of people that we can talk a little bit business oh 100 percent. okay so so i like to keep things very simple and you said exactly what you said that's the i i appreciate your comment because that's exactly what i try to do on instagram you don't need more inspiration there's tons of people that can spout out information like Let's talk about the implementation and what you actually need to do it because we can say all day long, I need the perfect mindset to build a business. Okay. Well, you also need to do like, what's the next steps because having the idea isn't going to build a million dollar business. The implementation and execution of that idea is what's going to create a multi-million dollar company. So for me, I always say it's four things. Let's make it simple. Sales. You want to grow your revenue. You grow your sales in your business. You either acquire a new customer, customer acquisition, you increase the amount of the client that they, what they spend every time, average ticket, average cart, depending on the business that you're in, you increase their buying frequency. They buy more from you or you raise your prices. When we strip everything away of business, those are the four ways that you generate more sales. Now, if you want to grow your business and you want to scale your business, scaling your business is actually a different fundamental because you can grow your business by actually doing things. But if you don't scale your team, and you don't start to optimize your company, 
You're going to always have to show up like the monkey in the cage, always dancing. So what do we need to do to actually scale the business? Scalability is when your expenses do not increase at the same rate of your sales. So if you are, we'll just use round numbers at a million dollars in revenue and in one year you go up to 2 million, but your expenses were 500,000 and they go up to a million, you really didn't scale. All you did was grow your revenue. That's not scalability. Scalability is when you can build your team and a lot of entrepreneurs mess up because they don't hire fast enough. They don't grow their team wide enough and they don't go deep enough. It's kind of like, think of like a pine tree, right? A pine tree has branches and it has depth. That's what's going to give you a scalable business that's going to perpetuate money. Now, here's where most people mess up. One, they never build that, just completely transparent. About 91% of business owners never do that. They are self-employed. But now in the world of social media, you're a solopreneur, you're an entrepreneur. No, you're self-employed. You have a job that you have to show up to your business doesn't cash flow without you. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. My father was self-employed. My mother was self-employed her, their entire lives. Nothing wrong with that, but just know what you want because you can build anything. If you don't want to deal with employees and you don't, and you just want to replace your income or make more on Fiverr than you did at your corporate job, power to you, girl, do it all day long. But don't confuse your brain and say that you're building a business mm -hmm. because then what will happen is when we aren't doing the action, we'll actually be disappointed and we won't have the appreciation of what we've accomplished. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be self-employed and just don't want a boss, do that. Mm -hmm. If you want to build a business and manage people and lead teams and grow and scale and develop, you're going to have to develop your knowledge. A lot of people, oh, I don't know. If you want to actually build a scalable company, you've got to develop your knowledge around finances and business structure and all the things that aren't sexy, but yeah. actually matter, you know? So those are the things that, you know, in order to create scalability, you want to optimize your system so that the business can run without you so that you don't have a job. Oh, that's so amazing. So many people need to hear that. Um, I'll get on the phone with colleagues who I've met through Instagram and we all have the same pain points. So you better believe I'm going to have all of them. Like, check out what Candy just said. Because we all, we all got into this for the reason we want to help people and then we do a good job and then you grow, but then you get to this point. And like you said, we didn't, people don't grow their teams wide, deep, all of those things. Super yeah. helpful. Um, speaking of, so we've talked a lot about the parallels. We talked about the parallels between delayed gratification, like not doing extremes, but doing the ordinary everyday things over and over and over again. The parallels between building a business, investing your money and building your, your own body, it's all the same. So for you personally, how do you take care of your energy your health and your wellness. What's that look like for you, Candy? So it's, we don't get our wants, right? We get our standards. And so mm. there's certain standards that I have had forever because I've known that in order to be a true high achiever, a high performer, to be able to show up for this, to be able to show up for every client I had today, to be able to show up for my team, like you have to perform at a certain level because one of my biggest things is integrity. So if someone's going to show up and work for me, you better damn believe that I'm going to show up for them because how can I expect my team to show up a certain way if I'm not going to do the same? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I expect my clients to be excited about what we're doing if I'm not excited? So to me, it's, it is so automatic now that it's not even a choice. Um, how do I do that? Um, as far as like structured, I, I work out every single day. Mm -hmm. I weight train, I do cardio, 
I, I eat plant-based diet. I've been a vegan for 22 years. I, um, uh, tons of water. I very little alcohol, right? So all of these things, it's again, it's just science. We know that certain things destroy our health. So to me, every single thing I eat, well, 98% of the time, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, 98, we'll say maybe 95, but <laughs> most of that it's like food is fuel. Mm-hmm. That's it. To me, if I'm choosing food for any other reason than to fuel my body, my brain, and my cells, it's now an addiction. Mm-hmm. It's something else. It's an escape. It's mm-hmm. something that I'm trying to shift my, my energy, my physiology without actually doing it myself. And I'm trying to choose food to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't do it. I don't do it with alcohol. My little saying is we, I don't drink to make myself feel better. I will drink to make myself feel even better. <laughs> so, right. so if it's a celebration, if it's a birthday and we just want to take it up, but that's that I'll do that, yeah. you know, but if it's just because whatever, oh my gosh, this happened horrible and I can't process my emotions and I want to escape to me, that's a mental trigger. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what leads down to a very, you know, horrible road for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, because of making that choices. So I do, you know, I do all of those things. I also do ever since I moved to Arizona, I, always try one, at least one time a day to get out in nature of some sort, walking my dog, going for a high, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing too. But I also think it starts with our mind. Yeah. Anything that goes on in our body really starts with our mind. And believe me, I'm the least woo person that there is, but there is a lot of science behind this too. How do you start your day? Like yeah. before my feet touch the floor, I can, it's probably 99.9% of the time I wake up in the morning. And before I do anything, I am in immense gratitude. I look at the mountain that's in behind my house. I just, I am just so grateful for, and if it's a crappy day, I will pick the sheets. I will, I will say whatever I have to, to be grateful for, but I flood my mind immediately with gratitude because what is it? It's a frame. When you start your day with gratitude, you then start to see all of the other things in life that you're grateful for taking my dog for a walk, being able to have the time and flexibility and my business is fine. And I can have a conversation with you. There were times in the first few years of my business, I would have never done, not the podcast were around, but I would have never done anything like this because I needed to be with, you know, 40 employees and all these clients and stuff. So it's really starting with gratitude and then being again, aware you know, there's nothing about health that's magical. Mm-hmm. It's a science. We just got to work the science and understand it and remove the emotional attachment from it. I think a lot of times we're so focused and we get this emotional like charge anytime there is food or there is an alcohol. Oh, I can't do this. I can't. It's like, don't make it so tough. Yeah. Like, you know, flow with it. Don't, it, everything in life doesn't have to be so dramatic or difficult, right? It's just a carrot. Just eat it and say, I know. Dip. all the time. I'm like, y'all need to relax. Yeah. Like it's, you know, and, and it's just one of those things. And and again, I'm, I've been crazy about fitness before and now I'm just crazy about health. I think something happens when you turn 40 and you're like, you know, I just want to be healthy. I just want to live to be like 99, like Betty White. And like that, that is it. Like, I'm not going to do crazy things anymore, but, um, so that's it. I, I just think number one, starting your day, um, with, with gratitude and ending your day. And this is one thing too. What is one great thing that you did today? You can have the crappiest day. You can think about so many things. I, I wish I would have did this. I didn't do this for the kids. I didn't show up here. What's one thing that you're excited that you did or happy or feel honored or grateful that you were able to do today and end your day like that. And again, it's, it's the practice. It's the standard. When you do that long enough, 
you don't have to think, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's not like something I check off. I just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are all the important things I think for mental health and, and physical health. I think that's so great because you are, I mean, you are one of the ultimate high performers and you're not sacrificing yourself for the business that you have built. And I, I know I see people doing that a lot, you know, like, well, I have to work another hour and I can't get to bed on time. And just all the things. Well, I think that's also in my experience, what we do is we try to find balance Mm -hmm. and I don't think life is about balance. I think that life is felt and experienced in seasons. It's kind of like if you imagine, um, two buckets, like those big home Depot buckets that they have two buckets on the end of a board. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes there's a lot of water in the one bucket because we're working, we're, you know, opening a new location, doing a launch. I I have a 7,100 square foot flip going on right now. Right. So there's a lot going in the one bucket. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try in that season to also put water in the other bucket and balance it out. Like that makes no sense in my mind. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do what I need to do. And then when I need to stop putting water in the bucket, I'm going to put water in this other bucket. Like this whole persona that women give ourselves like, well, we have to do self-care. We have to, you know, we're going to burn out. That's stressing you out too. Just feel like get in your body and just freaking feel what you need. Uh If you want to go all in and work 16 hours for five days, because then you're going to unplug for five days and go hang with your kids, do that. Mm. If you're the type of person that you have to stop at a certain time because you need to like unwind and you have do that, but you know, take what, listen to all the things people say, take what you want, leave the rest. Everything works for us differently. Uh I am 16 hours a day, whatever in the bucket And then I'll take a day when I want to take a day. It might be a Monday. It might be a Friday. Who knows, right? But stop trying to even out the bucket. It's stressing you out just doing that in its own. That's so true. So you are this source of like, I'm so jazzed up. I don't even know what I'm going to do after our phone call. I've already been out for the day. So I'm going to have to do something. Like, so you are that person for so many people. Who are those people for you? Is there anyone that you're like, when I need a little inspiration or when I need, when I'm struggling, I go to, or I read this book, what is that for you? Are there people? So I've in your always life? been a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, that's since I was a kid. I mean, rich dad, poor dad was one of the first books I read millionaire next door. Like those were some of the things that I did that really generated wealth and put me on this path. When I was in business, I didn't have someone to go to. I read good to great, you know, one of the best business books out there. Like, so I read the Starbucks experience and, um, the Ritz Carlton when I wanted to learn about customer and and, uh, customer service and branding. And so to me, it's always been books along the way. I've certainly worked with mentors and been in masterminds and very high level, you know, um, people, but for me right now, I actually was in a season because I ran for so long and I did so much. I actually, and this is, this is the buckets guys. I'm literally talking about the buckets. I ran so hard for so long and played the long game that I got to a point in my life a few years ago where I was just like, I don't, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like I just needed to pause mm-hmm. and not get any more in because sometimes you have so much input. You just need to process we have so much input, input, input. And from, you know, me exiting the last company, having a fire at one of our locations, going through a really horrible divorce, moving across the country, losing a really good friend. Like there was so many things that happened in a really short period of time. I just needed peace. And I just wanted away from it all. And I really just went back to books because books are really great. It's, it's something you can do for yourself and just take a minute to, you know, a lot of times our nervous systems are so amped. 
Yep. What are you doing to bring your nervous system back down? Mm. Social media, all of these things that you're doing that are inputs. When do you, when's the last time you gave yourself the opportunity to pause mm. and process? There's so much magic that can be found when we don't listen to something else external and we go internal with what we just heard. Because we all have this, this guiding voice, this inner voice that, I mean, I've had since I was a little kid going through difficult things as a child that a lot of times as women, I think we ignore, we have that gut instinct about something and we're like, well, no, I'll just do this anyways, or I'll do right. It's like, when's the last time you just listened to yourself and not everyone else. So for me, yeah, I have tons of friends and, you know, that are in the space that are, you know, best-selling authors and speakers and all of the things. But for me, I think I've just developed those friendships for so long. I have that environment. Um, and if I ever need a little boost, books are always the place I go back to. That's so great. And I agree with you, especially with, you know, nutrition, every, there's always new stuff coming out and there's always differing opinions. And sometimes I just, I have to go outside for a walk with nothing in my ears yes. <laughs> and just listen to myself. Cause I know, you know, you too, you are the one putting your ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any ideas to put out there. That's always a red flag for me. I'm like, okay, Kylie, you need to less inputs, more yes. quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it works like magic. It happens like all the time. I'll take a couple of days, no inputs. The ideas come back. I, I call them like downloads from the universe. Yes. hundred percent. So the last thing I want to ask you about, so you mentioned the clients that you saw, who do you work with now? What does that look like? So when I did this, you know, when I started Founders Organization, it was really just a rebrand of, I had always had an organic consulting business, nothing I ever looked for. But, you know, when you've been in business for so long, people be like, oh, can I pick your brain? Can I take you to lunch? And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. But I kind of created a parameters around way back of like, well, this is how we can engage. And so I've been doing that organically. And when I after the last exit and I, I truly took a lot of time off, which was the first time in my entire life that I was just at peace and could just be and, and not have all of this input that I decided, you know what, I, I really want to just work with entrepreneurs that I was when I was 19 years old and couldn't figure it out. I was fortunate enough that once you do around $2 million in revenue, you can belong to what's called women's president's organization. That was like the only organization for women back when I was first started. And so because I've done that and masterminds and EO and, you know, all of the different things, I thought there's a few things that are missing. So I just rebranded my consulting and uh, company and then took it up a notch where we do retreats, we do workshops, we do live events um, and mainly business owners um, for our lower level, it's anywhere from like 250 to their first million and then anywhere from a million to 10. And and I have clients all uh, on both spectrums of that, even higher than that. But for me, I just work with basically business owners that know that they don't need more inspiration, that they already want to do something. And now it's just like, I'm not exactly sure. Like we're, I'm not all about just more info. I'm about how the information applies to your business where you are, because whether you're doing $500,000 in revenue or $50 million, business fundamentals and it's all the same. It's how it applies to your business at that level is completely different. So now I just work with everyone that's wanting to grow their business, grow their revenue, invest in real estate, grow their wealth. Those are, you know, pretty much all the things I work with people on. Fantastic. And you have an event coming up, right? Yeah. So May 18th through the 20th here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, 
it's going to be two days. Incredible. We have Ed Milet coming and Tom Hatton who build the largest Arizona um, fitness empire. And I think the 14th in the world. Um, so we have real business owners that have, you know, taken like Tom's story, taken $2,000 and turned it into hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Last year we had Damon John. Um, we always keep a few surprises, but I'll at least announce those ones. But yeah, it's truly about breaking it down and saying, what do we need to do to move the, to the next level? And what do we need to do to generate wealth? Because you can be building a business and not actually be profitable or not actually scaling your wealth. So we really talk about that, like how to actually move your money from earned income to more passive or portfolio income. So you pay less taxes that you're able to keep more and you stop bleeding money out of your, your bottom line and your checkbook. So those are pretty much the topics, but it's not like anything I guarantee you anyone has ever been at um, because it's very unique in the way we do it. We even break stuff down. Like I have a cop, last year we had a master copywriter and he, we put big, uh, everyone's websites on the big screens and was like, we'd change this, we'd do this and like live feedback so that you don't just leave with another notebook of ideas. Yeah. You leave with things that you're implementing in the room. And then you can go implement as soon as you're back in your business. Wow. It sounds amazing. I can only imagine what it's like, like being in a room with all of that energy. Wonderful. Well, Candy, thank you so much for your time. Beyond grateful for everything that you've shared with us. Um, where can people find you? I mean, I talked about Instagram, but what's your handle? Yeah. So Candy Valentino on Instagram, TikTok's my biggest platform, um, but you can go to either of those and then uh, candyvalentino.com or foundersorganization.com uh, founders and you can learn all the information about the event. All right. Well, thank you again, Candy. And I cannot wait Thanks to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. All right. Yes, Bye-bye. of course. Bye. Wow, what a powerful force she is. If you guys think I am high energy, Candy takes it to a whole new level. I am so inspired and wanting to take more action after this conversation. You guys, if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please share it with your friends. Share it with your friends who are passionate about real estate, about investing, about starting their own business, or who are struggling to find success in their lives. Sometimes it's not about finding more information, like she says, but actually applying the knowledge that you already have. So share this with someone, rate it on iTunes. Those are the best things that you can do to keep this podcast growing so that I can bring in more powerful speakers like Candy. Thank you so much for your time, your, your attention. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.